Hello there, and welcome to Gilded in Blood, the Horror Lit Podcast. My name is Kevin. As you can hear, I'm still sick. <laughs> in fact, uh, this episode was recorded m- maybe a day or two after uh, the Tim O'Brien's The Things They Carried, which just uh, going to be real here. I was not terribly pleased with how that episode went. Uh, part of it's probably being sick a little bit, um, but a lot of it is it's so difficult to cover short story collections, just the way that you have to come about it and kind of jumping around and, and kind of backtracking over and over again. It's, it's messy. <laughs> uh, I was, I was not terribly pleased with how that went. I, I felt like, uh, uh, probably should have just stuck with a short story and, and went with our other book that I was con- contemplating, but it's, it's in the books. It's, it's done. Um, and I got, I got a chance to talk about a, a really good book, whether it was discussed terribly well or not, you know, that's on me, but, uh, I do want to put that out there. And, at the end of that episode, I did say that I was going to take some time and give myself a couple of weeks off uh, the first week in December, which this obviously is, and uh, the last week in December. And I don't know, uh, the, the more I thought about it, this instant I pressed stop <laughs> on on the audacity. I was like, oh, do I really want to do that? So I'm, I'm still going to consider probably taking off the, uh, the last week of December. Uh, as to whether that's going to happen or not, I guess we'll have to see. But I decided that, you know... I, I can I can do a quick short shock here and and give myself a, still give myself a little bit of time to prepare for our video game that we're going to cover uh, next week and I'll talk more about that at the end of the episode. So um, I did a little digging around, uh, thought about some stuff that I've been wanting to cover, and I de- I decided I'd land on a trilogy of books. Now when I say books, it's very air quotey uh, because these are are very very short. They're they're basically three short short stories, uh, but they are done by uh, the artist and author Edward Gorey. Now, if you know anything about Edward Gorey, you probably know exactly what I'm going to be covering because I will be covering the most famous of his works. Uh, but that most famous of his works, and I'll, I'll mention it here in a moment, uh, along with two other works were combined in a book that was released, and it was called The Vinegar Works. Now, Edward Gorey is definitely somebody you need to just kind of Google and just lose an afternoon, just kind of uh, swimming around in the beauty and oddness of his work. Uh, he ostensibly wrote books, like little picture books. Uh, usually, they, they seem like they're for children because they have a rhyme structure, they have uh, pictures to go along with it and everything, but the actual content of the book is anything but child-appropriate. And I'm not talking about you know sexual activity or anything like that though he does have uh, a book called The Curious Sofa, which uh, is, uh, the subtitle is A Pornographic Work. It is not actually pornographic, but uh, it's all kind of innuendo, and it's done for really comedic effect. But more so, what I'm talking about is the kind of grim, ghastly nature of a lot of these books. They are often kind of ridiculous. <laughs> they're they're uh, sometimes a little bit silly, but uh, people die in these. <laughs> um, people meet 
nasty ends. And uh, the the third book that we're going to talk about, the, the three books that make up the Vinegar Works, are uh, probably what is his most well-known work is The Gashley Crumb Tinies, which we're going to talk about last. We're going to talk about these in reverse order. The Insect God and The West Wing. Not the show. <laughs> much Probably much more interesting than the show. I haven't seen the show, so I'm probably talking out of my rear. But um, these three books comprise the Vinegar Works, and he... Uh, he has this, or he had, uh, he's passed on, obviously, but he had this just beautiful uh, pen and ink kind of cross-hatching art style that is just really arresting and really detailed. There's so much detail in any one of his little drawings uh, that sometimes you don't even need uh, words to go along with it, which is pretty prescient because the West Wing does not actually have any words. Each drawing is simply numbered. That's it. So he leaves a lot of kind of the plot, <laughs> if there ever is any plot or narrative, up to the, the person who's looking at these pictures and who's going through these things. And um, it's all done in this uh, Edwardian, Victorian style. Uh, everything is very lush. The, the costumes are, are very, very beautiful. The people are, are dressed extravagantly and so on and so forth. And it has this kind of 1800s vibe to it. But it lives in this gothic tradition because everything is very dark and very severe and some drastically crazy things happen in some of these, uh, some of these books. So let's go ahead and talk about these three. But I really urge you to go out and, uh, like I said, simply Google Edward Gorey or go on the Wikipedia and you can probably find links to these specific books. You can actually go and, and read them online. Or, if, if you uh, would like to go ahead and own them, I'm taking mine out of a, an anthology called Amphigory, A-M-P-H-I-G-O-R-E-Y, and it, is, uh, it, it has 15 of his quote-unquote books, and all of the vinegar works are in this specific book, and that's the one that if you hear me turning pages, <laughs> which I'm sure you will, uh, because I'm not a very professional podcaster and I don't really care, uh, that's the book that I'm looking at. So it's definitely worth your money to have this on your shelf. If you're a horror fan and you don't know anything about Edward Gorey, I'm sort of envious because you get to discover Edward Gorey. But let's go ahead and talk first about The West Wing. And as I said, this is a... Uh, this is a story that's not even really a story. There's no narrative to it whatsoever. It is simply a list uh, or a, a collection of, let me see here. Uh, I know this is great to do actually on, <laughs> on, on the mic. Okay. There's like 30 pictures uh, and they are each numbered and that's it. There, there's no connecting narrative that ties them all together. It's just internal static shots of the, the inside of what may be the same house, but we're not quite sure. Um, and I'll, I'll just flip through and, and talk a cup about a couple that are kind of interesting to me. Uh, some of the angles from which he draws these pictures, uh, they sense, they seem to have this kind of horror sensibility. Uh, there's one that has most of the bottom half 
half of the picture is taken up by this extravagantly patterned carpet. And then in the background, you see steps going up into the darkness. So that's kind of uh, creepy. There's a, a one of a woman entering a room and kind of looking off into the corner. There's one with three ballet shoes that are just sitting empty, <laughs> you know, uh, on this uh, bare floor, which is kind of odd. There's one of a picture. There's one of a gentleman with his top hat off, uh, eyes closed, kind of contemplating. And then things start to get a little bit weirder. Uh, picture 10 is uh, this drawing of, we're kind of looking at a standing mirror. And in the reflection, we see a doorway and something, uh, it looks like a sheet that's kind of creeping out of the doorway. So I, I really like how kind of ghostly that is. And the next one, uh, picture 11, is a room that seems to be filled almost up to the door handle of the door in the background with water. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so odd. It makes me think of the back rooms, uh, or the, the pool rooms. If, if anybody is familiar with that in uh, internet culture, uh, it's just, it's so different. It really is. The picture 13 has a couple of sheets that seem to be suspended in the air, whether they're floating or whether they're falling. It's difficult to know. Um, one has a kind of a corner of a room and there's a window and there's this ghostly figure looking through the window at a little piece of paper on the, on the floor. And what does this mean? Nothing. <laughs> Nobody has any idea what it means. It's not really supposed to mean anything. It's almost like emotional beats. Uh, it's almost like things that are just meant to elicit some sort of feeling, almost like Edgar Allan Poe's stories were. They don't have a lot of plot. They're meant to make you feel something, and that's about it. Uh, picture 18 is wonderful. It's, there's a corner, and uh, in the background where things get dark, there's an overturned chair, so we don't quite know what happened there. Uh, picture 19 just has a straight-ass mummy <laughs> just walking through the hallway. Um, there's definitely a ghost figure floating in picture 21. Picture 22 is very cool. Uh, it looks like this hallway. And as I said, you know, the wood paneling and the elaborate uh, wallpaper, it makes you feel very kind of Victorian Edwardian, but there's a crack, a huge fissure in the floor. And that's very unsettling and very weird. Uh, picture 23 has a kind of a recurring theme in Edward Gorey's work. It's a black doll. And it looks like a doll with no arms, just legs and a torso and a head with no discernible features. Um, and then uh, as we kind of go on toward the end of the book, uh, picture 29 is kind of a bare attic room with the peeling wallpaper. And the final picture is this dark hallway and a single lit candle just floating in the darkness. And that's it. That's the, that's the entirety of the book. And I, I love it. It's so interesting how Edward Gorey is able to really create this moody atmosphere and not really have to depend on a story. And I, I did read up on it a little bit. Uh, this book was actually written as a response to uh, a critic who said that uh, sometimes uh, Gorey's pictures can be more evocative than the words. So he decided, well, I'll give you a book to review that's just pictures. <laughs> you don't have to worry about the words. Uh, but you wouldn't think that you would find much to do with just simple pictures. But 
as I said, his style is so detail-oriented that your eye gets drawn in and you're looking for breaks in the pattern. You're looking for, well, what is there, what am I supposed to be finding here? It's almost like a, like a, a seek. <laughs> what were those puzzles where things are hidden in the picture and you're supposed to find them? That's, that's kind of the attitude that you, uh, that you kind of come to this with. So that's the West Wing, which is the third of the stories here in the Vinegar Works. I'm going to be moving backwards because I want to end with the most famous one. But let's talk about the middle one called The Insect God. And this one actually has a narrative. Each picture is accompanied by a little poem. So I'll read the first one. Oh, what has become of Millicent Frastley? Is there any hope that she's still alive? Why haven't they found her? It's rather ghastly to think that the child was not yet five. So uh, Gory has always loved this uh, play of language. Uh, there's tons of things done with language in his books. Uh, he loves rhymes, he loves poetry, he loves structure. Uh, you can scan these and they scan perfectly. Uh, he did one entire book of limericks and they weren't dirty limericks, they were dreadful <laughs> limericks, just you know, terrible things happening. And they all are pretty much picture perfect in terms of, uh, you know, beats and and uh, and rhythm and so on and so forth. Uh, somebody going through a poetry class should read Edward Gorey to kind of see how it's done. And this story uh, involves this this little girl, Millicent, who was seen uh, playing out on in the park, and this carriage, this black car, pulls up. And as you're looking at the picture, the person driving the car has antennae. <laughs> so this is probably not going to be very good. And she's coerced into the car and the car drives away. And at this point, we kind of split between what's happening with the car and what's happening with uh, Millicent's family, trying to figure out what's going on. They found the nurse and she was collapsed in some shrubbery. Uh, she was, as it says, her clothing was stained with a brownish juice. So something happened to her. Uh, looks like she's gone completely insane, and meanwhile the car is, is speeding away from the city and going out into the country. And of course they call in the, the police so that they can search for her, and meanwhile uh, I love this little, uh, this little <laughs> poem, I guess you would say, this little stanza. Through unvisited hamlets the car went creeping, with its headlamps unlit and its curtains drawn. Those natives who happened not to be sleeping heard it pass and lay awake until dawn. So it exudes this kind of creepy atmosphere. They know that something's wrong with this, and they don't want to, uh, they don't want to help. <laughs> they want to stay bundled in their beds. And of course, uh, the police have found nothing. Uh, meanwhile, the car is pulled up to this uh, gate in this endless wall, this huge crumbling edifice. And the, the family is, is without hope. They, they know that they'll never see their Millicent again. And then we have the final two pictures, which are really quite grotesque. Uh, these huge insects, they're taking uh, this this girl out of the car and they have uh, they've stunned her and they bundle her her up in this kind of pod and then the last uh, the last uh, sentences are and then it was that Millicent Frastley was sacrificed to the insect god and that's it <laughs> that's that's all uh, it is uh, probably time to say that the vinegar works uh, came with a 
a subtitle of Three Volumes of Moral Instruction. So the West Wing, there's still no way to kind of parse that into, uh, you know, what, what it's supposed to be teaching. But this one is obvious. This is uh, don't get into a car with a stranger and beware of strangers, so on and so forth. But uh, Gory takes these kind of uh, bland aphorisms, these things that we tell children all the time, and creates this really hideous, grotesque way of kind of hammering the point home. If you get into a car with a stranger, you're going to be sacrificed. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a really it's it's kind of a black humor kind of situation that, that Gory goes for here. And the final book, of course, the first book in there, but the final one we're going to talk about is uh, really the one that if people know Edward Gory, they probably know this one. And this is called The Gashley Crumb Tinies. Now, the Gashley Crumb Tinies is, and I learned this word for this episode, uh, abecedarium, which is an inscription of the alphabet, and usually in a way that's meant to actually teach the alphabet, like in a mnemonic device, turning it into a, a song or a poem. So you could say, you know, A is for apple, B is for ball, C is for carrot, D is for doll, and just something that kind of sticks in the mind, and that way you kind of learn the alphabet. But in typical gory fashion, in this one, uh, each, uh, each pair of letters is a couplet, and in each one of them, a child dies. <laughs> that's, that is, that's Edward Gorey all over. And this one, I think I'm just going to read the entirety of the book. It's, you know, it's 26 lines. It's not that big. Uh, but, uh, the pictures that accompany them are, are, are really, really, uh, something to behold. So I know for a fact this one in its entirety is on the internet. So you should definitely go look at it. But let me go ahead and read it and then we'll talk about it a little bit. So. A is for Amy, who fell down the stairs. B is for Basil, assaulted by bears. C is for Clara, who wasted away. D is for Desmond, thrown out of a sleigh. E is for Ernest, who choked on a peach. F is for Fanny, sucked dry by a leech. G is for George, smothered under a rug. H is for Hector, done in by a thug. I is for Ida, who drowned in a lake. J is for James, who took a lie by mistake. K is for Kate, who was struck with an axe. L is for Leo, who swallowed some tacks. M is for Maud, who was swept out to sea. N is for Neville, who died of ennui. O is for Olive, run through with an awl. P is for Prue, trampled flat in a brawl. Q is for Quentin, who sank in a mire. R is for Rhoda, consumed by a fire. S is for Susan, who perished of fits. T is for Titus, who flew into bits. U is for Una, who slipped down a drain. V is for Victor, squashed under a train. W is for Winnie, embedded in ice. X is for Xerxes, devoured by mice. Y is for Yorick, whose head was knocked in. Z is for Zilla, who drank too much gin. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's the story. And uh, the the front cover and the back cover are 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 just <laughs> again really really dark, but almost in a goofy sort of way. The opening, the front cover of the Gashley Crumb Tinies is all twenty six of these children kind of standing there in a group, looking a little bit forlorn. And behind them, in a trench coat and a uh, an umbrella. 
ostensibly keeping them all from the rain is Death himself, uh, his smiling skull and everything. And then the back, uh, the back cover is 26 gravestones. So uh, really, in a way, uh, Gory is kind of <laughs> flaunting the whole idea of moral instruction. That the th the thing that these that's supposed to uh, these these children are supposed to be learning the alphabet from are also terrifying them. Uh, I I really really love it. It's it's very very grim. It's very very uh, humorous in the in the blackest kind of sense. And it it's it's never quite disturbing. <laughs> it's it's never something that you feel icky for reading or anything. It's clearly meant to be a little bit ridiculous. But it is uh it's an interesting way that Gory is able to take these things that were very popular in like the 1800s and and kind of twist them around and show that uh you know we were preparing kids for this idyllic sort of life, but there are real dangers out there. There there's real stuff to be afraid of. Uh and he kind of melds those two together. Uh, I, I urge you to go read a lot more Edward Gorey. The Doubtful Guest is far less kind of disturbing, uh, far kind of goofier, but it's still a really, really good one. Uh, he has a ton of different works. There's four of these Amphigory books. Uh, I have all four of them. I think you should too. But if, if you're going to dip your toe, just go get Amphigory and read those 15, the, all of the Vinegar Works uh, issues, I guess, or all the Vinegar Works uh, volumes are in Amphigory, the first one. Uh, definitely, if you're a horror fan, this is something you really need. And like I said, if you if you have never heard of Edward Gorey before, if this is the first time you've ever heard of him, uh, oh man, good on you. Go check it out. It's a lot of fun. There might be a few people listening who uh, have never heard Edward Gorey, but know him anyway, because on uh, PBS Masterpiece, the mystery, uh, mystery with an exclamation point, the opening narration, or the opening, uh, not narration, the opening animation is is drawn by Edward Gorey. So a lot of people kind of know his style, but have never read any of his work. So it's time to change that. Go check that out. So that is the Vinegar Works by Edward Gorey. Okay, so uh, there is your short shock. Uh, sorry for kind of misleading you again, telling you I wasn't going to be here this week, but, uh, you know, I am. Uh, next week, we are going to look at a video game, as I discussed back uh, last week with Tim O'Brien's uh, book at the outro. Uh, last year, for December, we did a video game and an album. I think I'm going to keep that going forward. Uh, so this year, we are going to be looking at for our video game Silent Hill 2. Uh, I will be discussing that and uh, some of the more interesting points of that, so if you want to go play that game, or if you already have played it, uh, you're kind of primed for it. Uh, as for uh, the album, we are going to be talking about uh, Nine Inch Nails' Year Zero, which is a wonderful, wonderful concept album that had an accompanying alternate reality game going on. If you've never heard of that, uh, you know, I'll talk about that when it comes. As for whether I'll be doing another short shock separating those or whether I'll actually be taking that final week of December for my sanity, <laughs> um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how I feel. Um, but uh, for now, that's that's what I've got for you. So uh, hopefully you'll you'll accompany me on this end of the year uh, and, and check out those episodes. So thank you very much for keeping coming back. Uh, 
Ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, of course, to Slaughterhouse for the use of his music. That's Slaughterhouse with a 5 instead of an S. You can find his work on Bandcamp. You can find me on thestorygraph.com, uh, username Libris Leonis, L-I-B-R-I-S underscore L-E-O-N-I-S. You can go to gildedandblood.com. Check out other episodes. Check out how to get a sticker in the article section. You can look at The Infernal Shelf, my reading uh, challenge that I have set for myself. I'm still thinking about uploading some more stuff. I've just uh, just been very sick, <laughs> so haven't been able to get around to it yet, but it's coming in the future. Uh, and until next week when we talk about Silent Hill 2, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and stay spooked.